Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. People better pay attention. You think you got a problem with the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Imagine what other problems you'll have with everything. If the right takes over, as they say, I keep telling y'all they're coming. I'll explain what I mean by that. And by the way, guess who I'm going to have to help me? The one and only Sean Hannity. He's up next on No Mercy with Stephen A. Things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breathtaking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> I'm pissed off today. I'm very pissed off. Welcome to the latest version, the latest episode of No Mercy, hosted by yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah, I'm catching my stride. And don't get me wrong. No Mercy, it applies. It's a double entendre. It can mean a variety of things. And please don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be inhumane. I'm not going to be selfish. Just focus so much on my own thoughts that I ain't thinking about the people. I'm a man of the people. I'm a man of the people. And I want everybody to know that. But part of being a man about the people is making sure I exercise and ultimately elocute common sense. And we're going to do that today. Sean Hannity is going to be on this show today. Sean Hannity. That dude that hosts this show on Fox News. That dude that's friends with Donald Trump. That dude. That has his own radio show reaching millions. That dude who's the number one 
conservative voice in America right now that Rush Limbaugh has passed away. That dude is going to be on this show. You're going to have a lot of people saying a lot of things, especially about me. Oh, I can tell you right now, I'm a sellout. That's what they're going to call me. They're going to call me a sellout. They're going to call me a lot of things. Let me be very clear. I don't give a damn what y'all say when it comes to that. Look at my resume. Go look it up. New York Daily News, Philadelphia Inquirer, CNNSI, Fox Sports, ESPN, a career spanning 30 years. Look up my resume. Look at the battles that I fought. The African-Americans I have fought for. First take on ESPN. Black man's the boss. Black producers produce the show. I'm the executive producer of the show. How you think that happened? You see brothers in this industry all over the place. Ask them. Do your homework. You want to call me those names because I'm going to talk to a conservative Republican? You can kiss off. We ain't playing that game because you need to pay attention to what's going on right now. You better recognize. Ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump lost the election to Joe Biden. No matter what he says. 74 million people voted for him. You just going to ignore that? Let's go back to 1980. The president was a Republican. 88, I'm sorry, 84. The president was a Republican. 88, the president was a Republican. 92 and 96 was a Democrat. 2000, Republican. 2004, Republican. 2008, 2012, that's Barack Obama. Who won it in 2016? We got members that invaded the government after 2012, I mean, associated with the Tea Party. Look at some of the states in the United States right now. You got Republicans as governors. You paying attention? You're just going to ignore everybody? You're just going to act like, excuse me, you get to label them as racist? We're not doing that on this show. It's not going to happen. We're going to listen to everybody. Well, let me take that back. Not everybody. I mean, some people are off their rocker. There's nothing reasonable about them. They're not going to be on this show. But if you're sensitive, you're sensible, rather, and you know what the hell you're talking about and you got facts to back up positions, and you're a reasonable, decent human being that knows how to exercise decorum and what have you, and you just so happen to have conservative views, you are welcomed on this show. That is the way it's going to be. As long as I'm here. But the real point in all of that is that we need to accept the reality of what's coming. There's a tsunami that's coming your way, y'all. They're labeled the right. 
call them the Republican Party. But if you don't pay attention, you don't have the right to bitch and moan. If you're not willing to go to the polls to make your impact felt and to make a difference, you don't have the right to bitch and moan. Think about the issues permeating our society right now. We got immigration. We got Roe v. Wade. We've got the economy. We've got national security. We've got security issues to deal with here in our own house, meaning the United States of America with crime being as pervasive as it is through various communities throughout this country. We got people being assaulted on the streets across America, young and old. Folks scared to use the subway system in New York. I saw a report where a disabled individual in a real in a wheelchair got punched in the face by somebody just because they wanted to. We had some owner of a deli that spent days in jail in Rikers Island because he stabbed a felon who attacked him, literally physically attacked him and was beating his ass. Because he showed up for his girlfriend because his girlfriend didn't want to pay $1 for a bag of chips. How do you think this is going to affect elections? You think it's an accident what's going on across this country right now? The right is coming. The right is coming. Make no mistake about it. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm talking midterm elections, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about, oh, you know what? People out there with conservative points of view are going to invade the country or whatever. the case. They've always been here. We've always been a society with tens of millions of conservatives that exist. The difference now, particularly in the post-Donald Trump era, you thought you were rid of all of that. That might not be true. When I say the right is coming, brace yourself. I'm talking about these midterm elections. I'm talking about the House and the Senate and the Senate being tilted in favor of the right. I'm talking about there being more Republican senators than Democrats. I'm talking about there being more Republican representatives than Democrats. I mean, hell, Herschel Walker might damn win. He might win the damn. He might win the seat. Herschel Walker. You know, you know this dude? You ever heard of this dude? Well, the dirty air in America has went over to mix with the dirty air in China. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. Good Lord, that's what we're dealing with here to some degree. Not all of them, not most of them, but that brother different. I'm just saying it to say, when I say the right is coming, brace yourself. I'm talking these midterm elections that are scheduled to take place next month. If you ain't careful and you don't get to the polls, don't whine and moan about Supreme Court justices and various legislative policies that are implemented in our government if you did nothing to influence who's in office to make those decisions. And by the way, when I say in office, I'm not just talking about the presidency. I'm not just talking about senators and and congressional figures. I'm talking about attorney generals. I'm talking about mayors and governors. I'm talking about it all. Oh, be careful. 
The right is coming. And you damn well had better brace yourself. Unless you're ready to activate and make your voices heard at the polls. You might sit up there and say, hell with them damn Republicans. Hell with them. What do, who do they, what do they know? Why should we think they'll care? Well, let me tell you why. Because if they're saying less taxes, if they're questioning why you need 87,000 new IRS agents, if they're threatening that they're coming for middle class and lower income dollars, not just those of the rich, well, what you think people are going to do? If they sit up there and they say, when you see the news and you see people getting assaulted and you're scared of folks, you know, attacking you on the streets and their message is, we ain't going to hire 87,000 IRS agents. We're going to we gonna hire 25,000 new law enforcement officials across the country. Guess what? That's a message people want to hear. You can have an argument against it. Hell, your argument can make sense. But does it really dissipate the fears that have been stoked by a party that can provide footage. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm from the world of sports. I remember a story that Don King once told. My man Rashawn and others will remember this. Don King once told the story and it talked about a fighter from a marketing perspective that was worth about a million dollars. Don King said he would just show up with $100,000 in cash because you knew that the dude would prefer the cash rather than a check because you didn't trust the system enough to believe that the check would show up to be converted to cash. Now, this was a long time ago. Long before we edified and educated ourselves to a point where wiser thinking would come into play. But that mentality is applicable to other walks of life. Major League Baseball. Why does the black populace in Major League Baseball, why is it so low compared to black participation in college football and ultimately the National Football League? Why is black participation so much higher in basketball? Do you know why, ladies and gentlemen, I have religiously stated that is the case? You can say one of the reasons is because Major League Baseball hasn't done enough to ingratiate itself with the black community, even though they've got programs like reviving baseball in the inner cities and stuff like that called the RBI program. But do you know what the real answer to that question is? Well, you got to go through the minor system. Single A, double A, triple A before you get to the majors. What black person, you know, want to trust the system? Enough to wait, believing that they're going to be accorded what they richly deserve on merit. They're not going to trust the system. I brought you sports and showed you how black folks ain't going to trust the system. What the hell makes you think they're going to trust it when it comes to politics? They want evidence. They want to see. When the Democratic Party, when Biden and them come into office and we're talking about COVID-19 and stuff like that. Well, you know what? Get your vaccination, get the vaccine. And then guess what? You're not going to catch COVID. Then it was altered to, well, you'll catch it, but it won't do you but so much harm. 
I'm not accusing the president of the United States of lying. I'm making the point that those potential holes in your argument at that particular moment in time is enough of incremental evidence for somebody to use it to their advantage come in election time. That's what they're going to do. They're not going to play these games. They out to win. Win. Roe v. Wade was overturned. Whose fault do you think that is? You think it's the Republicans' fault? Ladies and gentlemen, simply preventing Trump from winning the election would have prevented that. Simply insisting that Ruth Bader Ginsburg retire might have absolved that. At the worst case, the worst case scenario, it would have been a 5-4 split with the justices on the Supreme Court. Not a convincing 6-3 majority. That's why they were able to overturn. Now, they lied during confirmation hearings. That's a case-by-case basis. Oh, that doesn't necessarily mean we'd overrule Roe v. Wade. All of this other stuff. But we know the Supreme Court has been politicized years ago. Democrats vote their people in. Republicans vote their people in. Now you got the Democrats talking about the court is illegitimate. Well, how? Trump legitimately beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. And he legitimately lost to Joe Biden in 2020. You can't be screaming about him being illegitimate. When in the same breath, you're imploring him and his followers to accept the 2020 election. There's hypocrisy there. And people know that. And people are not going to accept it any longer. The right is coming. Now, there are some people who believe otherwise, and they might have a point because we've got a whole bunch of women in this world, and they are extremely powerful in the United States of America. And the fact that 70% of the population is in support of women having their own rights, and you're listening to one of those people, do not get it twisted. I am a person that although I'm not down for abortion myself, I am appalled that any man believes we have a right to tell a woman what to do with their body. I am pro-choice. Pro-choice. And most of America is as well. And if this upcoming midterm election was just about that, the right would be in a world of trouble. And I wouldn't be doing a show on how the right is coming. Brace yourselves. But I'm doing it now. Because I don't believe that's going to be the only issue. I believe that when DeSantis and Abbott, the governors in Florida and Texas, respectively, sent migrants to those respective cities, I think they did it on purpose. To show Democratic leaders what they have to deal with and what kind of life do you hope that's going to breed for you. So immigration, I think, is something that's potentially in their favor. The economy, as long as inflation exists and the cost of living is so high and we're worried about an impending recession and the stock market is dropping 
and we're losing money or the dollar isn't as valuable as it once was, you're going to want to hear what they have to say and they know it. They're playing chess. Democrats are tugging on emotions. It's worked in the past. I don't know if it's going to work now. It's pretty damn dicey. And we better pay attention. There's so many issues to get into. There's so many things to discuss. Listen, you talk about guys like Carl Rove, Roger Stone, the Koch brothers. They've been called a lot of things. A lot of names. You wouldn't want to repeat to your mama. But guess what else? Guess what else you should call them? You should call them architects, strategists, donors. Because that's what they are to a lot of controversial right-wing politicians in this nation's history. That's what the case has been. And they're still winning. We can celebrate the fact that Katanji Brown Jackson is a new Supreme Court justice. She's one of only three on the liberal side. There's six on the conservative side. Yeah, you got Trump and Mitch McConnell going at it with one another. Mitch McConnell ain't vote for no liberal. Excuse my negative, my double negative there, grammatically incorrect. It was on purpose. It's not going down like that. The right is coming. And what folks have to start doing, if they don't want this momentum to continue to grow, A, vote. B, be more politically cognizant and active when it comes to what the hell is going on. Speak your piece. That's what you need to do. We haven't done it. And I say we because the reality of the situation is, as I keep telling y'all, I am no Republican. I have some conservative views. I'm unapologetic about that. I got news for you. If we're truly, truly being honest, as a black man up here doing this podcast, black folks vote Democrat. But there's a lot of conservative stuff going on in our homes. Anybody that's black knows I'm telling the truth. We're liberal, so, you know. I can do what I want, Dad. Really? You can also get your ass whipped. Mom, I don't have to sit up there and listen to you right now. I'm not doing timeout. Who the hell told you timeout exists in this family? Black families operate by different rules. And I can tell you that for a fact because I am a parent and I'll be damned if I don't. I tell my daughters all the time, who the hell told you this is a democracy? You ain't got no rights in here. You got the right to do what the hell you told. You give up that right, you're going to be in trouble with daddy. Do it at your own peril. This ain't Oprah's house. Everything ain't about understanding and calling Dr. Phil or, or Dr. Oz or somebody and, 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 and having a discussion about things. There's one law in my house. And I'm the enforcer, the judge, jury, and executioner. Any black man that feels different, raise your hand. That's what I thought. Let's not lie. Let's understand 
that no matter how much we may want to disagree, especially when we look at the face or the faces of folks on the right with the Republican Party. They ain't messing around. At this moment in time, it appears they're on the verge of winning. What you going to do about that? I know what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to talk to Sean Hannity. Because I want to find out what the hell he has to say. Why he thinks the way he thinks. Why he feels the way he feels. How can he support some of the thinking of these Republicans and these conservatives that he mingles with all the time? I mean, damn, did your first love dump you because you were a Republican and she was a Democrat? What's the story behind you? Inquiring minds want to know. It ain't an interrogation, ladies and gentlemen. It's a discussion. I'm just trying to find out things. I got plenty of time to interrogate in the weeks, in the months, in the years to come. Don't you worry. But we're going to start it off right with some civility, some peace and love, and simple conversation. Sean Hannity is up next. I would tell you don't touch that doll. But I know when it comes to him, I don't have to. Talk to you in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Welcome back to No Mercy. I have a guest with me. You might be a bit surprised to hear on this particular podcast. He is not only someone I have known for many years. He is one of the leading, if not the most prominent voice in all of television, particularly on conservative television and radio. Obviously, in April of this year, took the title of the longest running primetime cable news host in television history, surpassing the legendary Larry King. And to shock the world, he and I actually get along. He's actually a buddy. The one and only Sean Hannity. What's up, man? How are you? You you did not go anywhere near what the truth is, which is you don't want to admit publicly that we're friends. No, no, we're good. And we're good. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. But it, it, it is, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. We're good doesn't mean, no, we're actually friends. We really like each other. We, we get along great. We rib each other constantly. That's right. We we are friends. We do get along great. Dare I said it, okay? I said it, Sean. Okay. But but, but I, I can't. that's the end of your career. It's over. It's done. You're absolutely it's right. It, it's pro it's probably the end of my career because what the hell am I doing? Getting along with Sean Hannity, but we go back a long ways. We talk all the time, you know, and 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 listen, let's get right to it. Sean Hannity, I got a I got a I got a somewhat personal question to ask you. I mean You bet. I, I mean, it, 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 uh, an ex-girlfriend back in the day or something like that. I mean, was she a Democrat and broke your heart or something? I mean, it, uh, how is it that you feel the you way that know. you feel about liberals, man? Explain yourself. Uh, well, I can explain. I actually can give you a quiz, and I think at the end of that quiz, you'd be shocked that you're a conservative. You ready? Uh -oh, you want my quiz? Oh, oh, God. Do I have to take a quiz, Sean? Right. I'm supposed to be interviewing well, you, but go ahead. First of all, I will say, yes. I'll, I'll answer your question first, and that is, I would say I attribute any success that I've had from the fact that I live on the shoulders 
of my grandparents that came from Ireland, all four of them, mm-hmm. uh, through Ellis Island and yeah. had no money. Mm-hmm. And both my parents that grew up very, very poor. Mm. Uh, my dad in bed my mom in the South Bronx. Mm. Uh, my mom was a prison guard. My dad was a family court mm. probation guy and a waiter on the weekends. And I learned to work from an early age. I, I first started working at eight when I delivered papers. I was washing dishes by hand at a busy restaurant every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I, I became a cook, a busboy, waiter, bartender. I spent 10 years in the contracting business. So, you know, my belief in God and hard work came from them. And without them, I, I would have no success today. And those two things have really kept me level-headed and focused and appreciative of all the gifts God has given me in my life. And I, I try to do good with the work that I do. Now, as to me being able to prove you probably agree with me and are probably a conservative, okay. but maybe don't want to acknowledge it. Okay. Let's walk through a few issues. Let's walk through a few all right. issues. All right, Stephen go ahead. A, I think I know you well enough to believe to know that you believe in liberty and freedom, right? Yes. Yes. You believe in capitalism and our constitution. I'm a right? proud. I'm a proud capitalist without without a, uh, unapologetically. That no is apologies. True. That's right. Okay. And and for example, some of the greatest athletes that you interview and I'm friends with, uh, they're the best of the best. They deserve every penny they get. Right. Yes, that's right. So I'm an advocate for okay. lower taxes, and, free market capitalism, and, and lower taxes, lower yes. taxes, yes, limited government, yes. less intrusion of government hold in on, our lives. Right? That's a little bit tricky because there are times that I think that government intrusion is necessary. Uh, like for example, okay, but limit. I said limited government. Limited. I didn't say no government. That's fair. That's fair. Like limited. I, okay. For the poor, the indigent, and sick. Of course, I support a safety net for them. Okay. But that that would include that. Okay. You keep going. Is that your? Okay. Was that so, it? So far, now we're so far we're agreeing on everything. Well, yeah, now, okay. I, I I think you believe in law and order, and that every American should have the right to be safe and secure in every town and every city That's right. in America. Equally, Am I wrong? equally, Sean, equally, equally, yes, equally, a hundred percent. Okay, every town, every city, every American okay. needs safety and security. How do you how do you pursue happiness in your dreams if you're not safe? You can't. I think that you would agree with me. We have failed our children on a spectacular level in terms of we spend more as a country per capita, per student on education than any other industrialized country. Mm-hmm. And we come in anywhere between but, 37th and 44 okay. in terms of proficiency, reading, writing, math. But let me interject. That so. is a fine, fine. So the answer how about school? How about we cut a check mm-hmm. for the amount of money that we're given that we're spending on every kid, okay. and let the parents decide where to educate their kids? Would you support that? I would support that, but let me say this, Sean. Let me say this. I get where you're coming from, but again, and, and by the way, you're going to have to explain why you were talking about your grandparents and your and your parents and what have you. You left out the part that your mother, your parents supported a Democrat and John F. Kennedy. Over Republican My Richard had, Nixon. Is, is Richard Nixon. John, John that F. True? Kennedy supported lower taxes. Uh, John F. Kennedy was a hawk on national defense. Mm-hmm. John F. Kennedy would would not would, would not be accepted by the, the the Democratic New Green Deal's Socialist Party today. He, he would be so far out of step. We can get back to that. All right, we're almost done. Now, do you believe in law and order in terms of? We have laws that govern immigration in this country. Yes. Now, I believe 
that if you want to come to this country, I don't blame you. I love this country. Mm -hmm. God has blessed this country. Mm -hmm. But you got to do it legally. Mm -hmm. You got to be vetted to make sure you don't have radical associations. In the middle of a pandemic, I think we need a health check. And the third thing is where we have $31 trillion in debt that we'll put, pass it on to our kids. You have to show that your ability to take care of yourself when you come here. Uh, and we should close our borders to illegal immigration. If you come here legally, I don't care where you come from. Welcome to our family. We should expedite that process. But legal immigration, not illegal immigration, what Joe Biden is doing at the border is a national disgrace. OK, let me say this to you. First of all, it isn't just a Democrat. I mean, when you think about the Republican, the Republican Party, let's make this very, very clear. You're right about some of those issues. And obviously, I'm not a supporter of illegal immigration either, but I'm also not a supporter of take of separating parents from their children. I'm not a supporter of of of, of putting them in displaced situations in a separate separate Neither am I. parents. Okay. Sean Hannity, I got news for you. As much as I know you can talk politics all day, every day, and I'm far from an aficionado. I'm knowledgeable about some things, but I'm far from an aficionado. What I wanted to bring you on was to talk about you. Wait a minute. We didn't finish our little oh, experiment. Oh, my Lord. Though. You still got more questions for me, Sean? Can I get us some questions for you? All right. All right. One more. Go, go. Two, three big things. Go ahead. Do you believe knowing America has more energy, natural resources then pretty much the entire world combined okay. with coal. We have more than known 200 years worth of supply of natural gas and oil, especially if we went to Amwar and opened that up like Trump did, tried to do. Anyway, that we could supply all our, we can be energy independent. Mm -hmm. Under Donald Trump, we were energy independent. We we're paying a little over two bucks a gallon. Now it's almost double. And so do you agree with me that America should be energy independent for these reasons, for national defense reasons, security reasons, high paying career jobs in the energy sector. Mm -hmm. And whether we like it or not, for the near term, the next two decades, uh, fossil fuels are the lifeblood of the world's economy. I think it warrants Do so you agree I, America I, should be energy dominant? I think based on what you're telling me, yes. But if the other side has the belief that it drastically affects global warming and that needs to be addressed, I can't ignore that. I can't ignore that, Sean well, Hannity. Well, if what well, you're saying is correct, sure, if it's as clean as is, that, yes. But they're saying it's not it that faster. clean. We, well, hang on. We do it faster, we do it cleaner, and we do it cheaper. Now, Joe Biden has been begging Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. He's negotiating a, a deal with mullahs in Iran that chant death to America. Mm -hmm. he, he also has sent emissaries to Venezuela, right. where that dictator thug mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And he's been begging OPEC. Why would we beg any other country when we have all of those natural resources here? Now, evidently, Western they Europe, believe it's going to have a detrimental effect on climate on climate change. Okay, so the, so how does it make it? Does it make a difference if we import oil from Saudi Arabia or one of these other countries, or rather produce it domestically here, where we can put clean measures in effect that they don't use? <sighs> I don't know the answer to that, that mate, question. I'm good. I'm, a, I, I'm good pretend, at my job. You, know you are good at your job. I won't pretend. I won't pretend to, to, that you're not good at your job. But that doesn't make you right all okay. the time. And to, to, just now, so the America, the, 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 the America needs to so, know, do you, you and I are usually. Do you support America having the meanest, toughest, 
kick-ass military. Hell yes. With the Hell best yes. Modern... You don't even have to finish that question. Okay. Hell so yes. You believe in peace through strength, and do you believe free believe... and tr- fair trade deals? I believe in free and fair free and fair trade deals i believe in uh, uh obviously stout military there's no question about that but let me Kick tell you what, hold on let me let me tell you what else i believe in i believe in a woman's right to choose i believe in gay rights and, and, and I, you know i believe in supporting the lgbtq community i believe in those things i mean don't get me wrong i understand that people have their religious beliefs i understand that they have their, uh, their political affiliations and they feel the way that they feel i get all of that and i don't think that they should deserve to be excoriated for feeling otherwise to holding to wanting to hold on to a time where we didn't have to concern ourselves with such issue but as the world Listen, evolves I, I believe, so should we i want a government that minds their own business and with everything stays out of people's personal life, adult, adult. Pe- in other words, if you're an adult, mm-hmm. I don't care who you date. Right. It's none of my business anyway. Right. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you date. I think we live in a free country. Mind your own business. And I want every American to be happy and pursue their happiness. Sean Hannity, let me transition to you specifically. Talking to you about where you are. All right, this is where I lose all control. You're going to lose all control. You've had enough control over this interview. Okay, here's the deal, Sean. (laughs) I want you. I want you to talk to people about yourself. When somebody's looking at Sean Hannity, particularly considering the polarization that exists in today's politics and how so drastically it has affected and altered, one would say even go as far as to say even the American way of life. How do you want people to view you in this prism, this world that we're living in right now? How do you believe Sean Hannity should be viewed? I would, I would like to be understood. Okay. There are people that are critical of me mm-hmm. that have not really listened to me long enough to know where I stand on these issues. Um, the, the driving force in my life is... I'm not a registered Republican. A lot of people think I'm a Republican. I'm not. Mm. I'm a registered conservative, um, which you can do in New York. Mm. Um, I'm somebody that has a very strong faith and belief in God. I'm a I'm a non-denominational Christian. Okay. But those items that you and I just went over, liberty, freedom, capitalism, our Constitution, a law and order, safety, security, um, uh, education, secure borders, energy independence, uh, a, a, a military that will protect our freedoms, free and fair trade, justices that interpret the Constitution. That really is conservatism in a nutshell, a belief in the First and Second Amendment. Those are the things that that drive me. Now, whether you like Donald Trump or don't like Donald Trump, his policies work. You look pre-pandemic, and you you know we often talk in polls about demographic breakdowns. Every single demographic in this country thrived under his conservative policies, and I'm talking about one record low after another in terms of unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the uh, workplace youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. What what I really believe, you know, America, what separates us is our belief in natural law. And that is that we're endowed by our creator. Mm -hmm. Well, that's predicated on a belief that that God himself 
you know, ordained rights and rights come from God, not from government. Mm-hmm. That's why I believe in limited government. Okay. But, you know, and then you couple that with the knowledge that I learned in, in seminary school when I was in high school and going to mass every day and studying theology and Latin, you know, the word education comes from the Latin derivative, educare, to bring forth from within. I really believe God created every man, woman, and child and put inside of them talent and ability. That's why failing kids with education, the the goal of a good educational system, mm-hmm. reading, writing, math, history, computers, should also include bringing their talents out to fruition. Mm-hmm. And you can only succeed in a country that allows the freedom for people to be their best. For Stephen A. Smith and, and your incredible career and your amazing ride and journey, and I cheer you on every every day, I'm so happy for you, yeah. is because God gave you talent. You have a personality that just, you know, explodes off a television set. Mm-hmm. You know, my son, who probably never watches my own show or mm-hmm. listens to my own radio show, you know, his he'll listen to this podcast because he's your biggest fan, as you know, because you've yeah. met him and talked to him. Yep. And he loves sports like you do. He, he's found his passion. Right. I love every Saturday and Sunday. I can mm-hmm. talk to my son. And we're going to like we talked about the Alabama game. We talked about the Bengals Pittsburgh game. Mm-hmm. We talked about Brady versus Dak. He's a huge Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. By the way, he, he, I sent him your comments on Dak. And he wrote back, sadly, he's right. Uh, of course I'm right. Of course I'm right, Sean. That's what I'm saying. And I'm right with you, too. He, he wrote me that. He said, wow, but, but, that but, was impressive. But I want to drop this on you. You talk about free market capitalism. You're talking about depending less on the government. Ultimately, that leaves us depending on the free market. It leaves us depending on corporate America. And specifically as black folks, we've always felt like we're behind the curve, that we're never going to get a fair shake. And the closest thing we could get to getting a fair shake is the laws of this land and the kind of things that have been implemented by our government to assist in ultimately us capturing fairness. What do you have to say with people that would bring up that argument to poke the bear or point the finger at conservatives and the lack of a relationship that they may have ingratiated themselves with the black community over the last 50 plus years? Well, I I think there's been a lot of lies and demonization that are false. Um, I just explained to you my, my fundamental core belief, right. and I know it's true in my heart, mind, and soul, and that is that God created every man, woman, and child. Now, uh, for, for example, take a city like New York, a city that is not safe, that is not secure, where they defunded the police, and it has led to a catastrophe, and you know, was setting violent crime record, homicide record after homicide record. Since 2009, uh, Stephen A., I've been scrolling the names of people, names you never heard of, shot and shot and killed in Chicago, and no politician, no Democrat, no Republican ever lifts a finger to protect all those precious human lives that are being lost in Chicago every weekend. I could make a prediction right now, and I'll probably be somewhat accurate, how many people will be shot this weekend and how many people will be shot and killed. I shouldn't have to make, I shouldn't be able to make that prediction. Yeah, but that um, wasn't just liberals. Li- liberals aren't the only cause for all of this. Here. Go ahead. Conservatives are too. If, well, if, you look at, if, if you look at 
defund, dismantle, no bail. That's mostly blue cities dominated by Democrats for decades. If you look at the school systems that are the worst in the country, they're they're usually dark blues in terms of politics, mm-hmm. cities. And I will argue that minorities are disproportionately negatively impacted by these horrific policies. In Baltimore, Maryland, they had 13 of 15 high schools that didn't have one child proficient in reading, writing, and math. You, you can't, how do you fail our kids at that spectacular level? And unfortunately, there's been this narrative. It, ha- it used to be every two years, every four years, Oh, Republicans are racist and sexist and homophobic and xenophobic and Islamophobic. And now you can add transphobic and they want dirty air and water and they want uh, uh, grandma and grandpa to be thrown over a cliff in a wheelchair by a Republican. It's all it's it's total. It's a podcast. I can say it's total bullshit. Mm. And let me tell you something. I don't I, if those conservatives exist and I don't know them, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with them. All right. Because if we love our children, if we believe that that in our children, we got to keep them safe. They've got to be secure. They've got to get an education. They've got to learn reading, writing, math, science, computers. Stop with this woke nonsense curriculum and focus on the basics because this is now a global economy. Mm-hmm. They've got to compete globally. Mm-hmm believe in the in the talents that god put in the right. heart of every child right i mean well let me they say are, they are our national treasure and we have failed them spectacularly uh, uh, and i want republicans to take the lead mm-hmm. to keep these cities safe okay take the lead and change the education okay a couple of things you're gonna let me slide in some questions here because if i was on your show you'd be shutting me down you're gonna let me slide slide in a couple of questions here for you you we planned on 25 minutes i'll go as long as you want i appreciate well that's good to know thank you very much because i wanted to get back to trump in this equation i don't have listen the insurrection was the insurrection that's what i but i don't believe every Trump supporter would do what those people did in the nation's capital on January 6th. I don't believe that for one second. But damn it, they were Trump supporters, and that is what it is. I will ask you this. By the way, I don't, I don't believe every every Democrat w- would ever condone or participate in the 574 riots in the summer of 2020, where dozens of Americans died, thousands of cops were injured, right. and billions in property damage. Fair enough. Kamala and Harris, you know, was tweeting out the bail fund. I, I love the fact that we're going back and forth because this is exactly how we do when we're face-to-face or over the phone. But here was my question for you. No, that's true. I, I looked this up, and you know, Miss Liz Cheney, you know that she voted along, along with Trump 93% of the time? Uh, 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 Ted Cruz. That was more than Ted Cruz did, which was 92% of the time. We know that DeSantis Mm -hmm. is going to run for the presidency. He's the governor of Florida. He's going to run for the presidency. Here's my question to you, Sean Hannity. By the way, that that's not he's he's running for re-election for governor. I think he's going to run for president. I think one day he will I think he one day will be president for sure. Okay. Um, I think he'll be a good president. Um, I like him a lot, know him well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's gonna run. Look, he's he's coming off an election this November, and if you want to get in to the primaries for president for 2024, 
it really starts in January. Okay. He'd have to, in the first six months of his second term, he'd have to be thinking about it, and I'm not sure that he's going to go there yet. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Let me tell you the question I want to ask you. When you have people, for the most part, in the Republican Party, in the nation's capital, who have voted pretty close lockstep to what, to what Trump tried to implement, why is it that we have folks on the right or the Republican Party or conservatives, whatever way you want to pick it, what is this fixation on Trump himself as opposed to one of those candidates who would pretty much vote or implement policy along the same lines as Donald Trump did. What is this marriage, this apparent addiction to Donald Trump? Can you explain that? <laughs> what I is love, that? I love the way you, you can load up that question. Can you put a little more, you know, spice into that question? Well, that's how I talk. We, you know, we all know let, I talk let with me, spice. Let me answer your question know this way. Sure. Because I've, I've known Donald Trump personally, you know, for going on three decades, I guess, at this point. Yes, it's about 30 years. And I've known him a long time. Yep. Okay, so I, I have a real good understanding of Donald Trump. And I will tell you, he is a force of nature. You know, the guy that fought hard to get NATO to pay their fair share, the guy that couldn't get the money from the wall for Congress and then found a way to reallocate funds to build his wall because that was a promise that he made. He promised he that the Mexicans were going to pay for it and they never did, Sean. Well, well, hang on. He got a new trade deal with Mexico and it ended up benefiting us uh, in terms of uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. So you can make an argument that, in fact, some of that money was because of Donald Trump. But put that aside. Okay. So the guy that fought and got concessions with China and Canada, and Mexico, and Japan, and our Western European allies, the guy that stood up to Vladimir Putin, none of these hostile actors made any moves during his presidency. I think they were afraid of him. I think they, he was so unpredictable in their minds, that 1% of unpredictability kept them, in my opinion, in check. And I, I went to both summits that he had with Kim Jong-un, another example. Um, all he ever gave Kim Jong-un was time, and we got the remains of soldiers back from the Korean War, uh, and he stopped testing his rockets. So he's a force of nature. And I've never, in all the years I've been doing this, and I started this radio journey first in 1987, uh, and I've never seen anybody like this guy. And I think somehow people, the force that, that led to him getting his policies implemented and the fights that he had to win to get there, and then being under constant fire, I'll take Russia collusion, which was a total lie, and it's been debunked. The dossier's been debunked. We know that he was spied on illegally, the FISA warrants. They used the dirty, unverifiable dossier. Okay. Um, I think it's put him in a defensive posture. 
that he feels that he has to fight back all the time. Well, first of all, he's always, listen, that's always been Donald Trump. I mean, listen, I knew him before he ran for the presidency. Once he ran for the presidency and I saw him, I really didn't want much to to do with them. And, and, And the reason why is because I was of the mindset, listen, the presidency is a statesmanship position. You've got to be somebody that, you got to sensitize yourself to people and issues. And it just seemed to me that he was so, I'm not even talking about his policy. I'm not getting into that politics with you because, again, it could be a whole bunch of stuff that you, we, could, we could throw into the equation. Some he's right about, some he's wrong about. I'm not going there. I'll leave that to the aficionados. You don't like his personality or governing style. That, That's what you're telling that, me. Because yeah, yeah, you already agreed in, in the earlier part of this interview that you agree with his policy. Some of them. That list. Listen, I will tell you this. Again, I love the fact that he was willing to challenge the Democratic Party party to try to get more African-American votes. I love that because I don't think that, listen, I'm of the mindset that African-Americans in the United States of America should not be so transparent and I support for the Democratic Party. We can sit with anything else, sell us. Show us what you're doing for us. I don't have a problem with that. Who did criminal justice reform? And can any American ever forget the, the moment and I became, I've become friends with Alice Marie Johnson the day she was let out of prison. A one-time drug offender got a life sentence. I remember. The person that let her out of jail was Donald J. Trump. I understand. And she also worked with him to get many, many other people that had disparate sentencing in their cases or unfair sentencing. Um, Look, I'll go way, a step further. I, he gave, he listen. He made he made commitments to HBCUs. I didn't I didn't forget that. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen. I, I'm not again. But the point is, when you're a president to all of the people, and you're scaring the living hell out of a vast majority of them because you don't know how to act. I mean, that's a problem. That's a problem, Sean Hannity. What, what, all right. So so let me ask you this. So I've already established that you agreed with his policies. Listen, I didn't say that. I didn't say his policies. No, I'm not. I didn't say his policies. I said there are some well, positions po- that conservatives have that I am <laughs> not diametrically opposed to. Not at all. I accept some of them. Okay. I embrace I some of them. And some a, of them I don't. I went through a whole list with you. The only thing I didn't say about the list is that was the Trump agenda. And it really was. Listen. I'm, but, I'm, but I'm, now, by the way, you're not, you're not alone. And I concede this fact that people did not like his style. But the problem is the guy that fought to get all of these policies implemented, mm-hmm. including criminal justice. Okay. And yes, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, every year commitment to historically black colleges and, and so many other things, the guy that set record low unemployment for every demographic in the country, including minorities, especially mm-hmm. minorities, which is so important. That guy that got that done, he did it by fighting, and he did it under always a constant mm-hmm. cloud of controversy, a lot of which was manufactured by people that hated him. I do agree with so, that. A lot of it, uh, some of it was manufactured, not all of it. Some of it he brought on himself. But I want to get back to you, Sean Hannity, because, again, I'm talking oh I'm talking to somebody in a political stratosphere. Listen, even Chris Cuomo once acknowledged, you're the most powerful voice in all of media. This is what he said. When you think oh about, boy. when you hear that about yourself, I'm going to go back, if you don't mind, to 2017, when Mr. Right. Ted Koppel was in an interview with you. And you, oh, asked, okay. and you oh. asked him, you asked him, 
and he stayed. He basically he told you during an interview that you were bad for America, and you asked him why, and he said because you tell people ideology is more important than facts. Did you agree with that statement? I never asked you that question. Did you agree with him saying well, that? Well, it's a great. I'm, I'm glad you're asking the question. Do you know he interviewed me for well over an hour? Okay. Do you realize he pulled out? maybe a minute and six seconds of that interview. Wow. And that's all he played. And what he did is he, he played himself saying that to me and he never played my answer back to him. Wow. So I appreciate the fact that you're bringing that oh, up. Yeah. Um, and he said, and he, he gave me a backhanded compliment. He said, because you're so good at what you do and people <laughs> believe you. <laughs> so I'm dead couple. You know, this is nightlife, but, Anyway, so am I dangerous for America or uh, how is the, the free and open exchange of ideas, ideals, opinions, how is a conservative voice uh, one of very few in media today? You got to admit, I mean, the New York Times, Washington Post, fake news, CNN, MSDNC, uh, Why do you the three do broadcast that? channels. They all slant solidly left. So here you got a guy that is a talk show host. Mm -hmm. I do straight news. I do investigative reporting. I do opinion. I'm upfront about who I am, what I believe, the people I vote for. Um, and I'm like, that's like the op-ed section. We talk about sports like you do. Uh, I hate when you remember I used to rail you on still, you. You still rail on to Tim Tim Tebow. You got a soft spot. <laughs> yeah. Anybody anybody that's got a, a decent game in their Episcopal, you, you're gonna have a soft spot. Your objectivity <laughs> just goes out the window. I can't listen to that. I got to do my job. Man, listen, my my son was in near tears when Dak got. I, I can't believe he broke his thumb. By the way, that's horrible. Yes. All right, but go back to the your question. You know, I actually. I sleep well at night, Stephen A., because I know that I'm giving news, information, I try to be entertaining about it, that you're not going to get anywhere else. And we work damn hard on our shows every day. I don't stop working. I'm always working. And during my work week, I am focused like a laser beam on, on producing four hours of but content every single can day. Can I stop you right there? And, can I stop you right there? Yes, one can. of the things that I've said to people about you, and this is a, this is from one media person to another. I've never seen anything like you. You are the most relentless commentator, pundit, host I have ever witnessed on this earth. You will spew <laughs> the same message every yep. day. You don't. Yep. You don't study. You don't backtrack. You don't modify. You don't. This is nope. this is what you do. And I've said to you. I remember. Remember that time I called you, and I went like this. Remember that time I called you, and you said, "What do you need, Stephen A?" I said, "Did you see Obama's suit? He had on a beautiful suit, and he had a nice tie, <laughs> and he had on some shoes." I, and and you were like, "What are you trying?" I said, "Could you say something? Did he do something right today? <laughs> Did he do something right?" I mean, I get your point. My point in <laughs> the, the question way, is: I, I, has, Does a liberal do anything Obama. right? Does a liberal do anything right? I disagree with their philosophy, ideology. I wrote a whole chapter in my last book, okay. Live Free or Die, chapter four. Mm -hmm. Socialism and its history of failure. The world has tried this again and again and again. 
and it, you, everything's going to be taken care of. Free college, free pre-K, government guaranteed wage, government guaranteed I don't, job, I don't, government guaranteed I don't vibe. retirement. I don't vibe with that at all. I am. I am yeah, not. I, it I, work. The, the, the progressive agenda, I think, is damaging the Democratic Party, and I'm unapologetic about saying that. I'm not a believer in socialism. Hell no. I'm not about that. You're absolutely but right. But, but I will say this to you. Again, I would describe myself as a centrist, as a Democrat. I believe in fiscal conservatism, but I believe in social progressivism. That's how I feel. Capitol Hill's a problem. Right, not one side of Capitol Hill. Hill. Let's get let's get practical for a second. Okay. Now, Ronald Reagan had the long by the end of his eight years gave us the longest period of peacetime economic growth in the history of America to that point. Okay. And he created 21 million new jobs and he inherited an economy with double digit interest rates and inflation at 21 percent. I mean, it was 16 percent unemployment through the roof. He turned it around by a following those conservative principles. You keep that saying I all of this. Earlier. I'm going to double check all of these numbers, Sean Hannity. I'm going to double check. I'm letting yeah. you know. I, 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 I know them backwards and forwards. I know so you, you do. You're going to just say Hannity do. was right at I, the end. I, you I might know. as well yeah. not waste your time. Yeah, you probably got me there. But, but Go ahead. Donald Trump did it again. And all I'm saying to you is I'm not a conservative just to have a name. I am, t- I am making the case consistently that conservatism as a philosophy I support it because it works. If we would implement it in blue states, New York would be much better off. If we had law and order in New York City, you cannot argue with me that's good for everybody. If we had better schools or schools competing for the $40,000 on average we spend for a student on education in New York City, guess what? Kids would get an education. Hey, Sean Hannity. Guess what? I know Democrats who feel the way that you do on crime. I know for a fact that Obama that, Ob- that, Ob- that Obama was strong against immigration. A lot of people say that. He was strong against he was strong against illegal immigration. I'm saying to you, is there a Democrat alive that you could find yourself agreeing with at any point? I'm still waiting for you the know, answer to I've, that question. I've, I've been, well, you're just asking now. Um, I was I was best friends with Joe Lieberman. Um, I find I found a little agreement with Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, but I think they caved. And by the way, the promise that Chuck Schumer made to him about that pipeline from his state to the state of, uh, I believe it was Virginia, uh, he's not going to get what they promised him. They lied to him. But you're missing my overall point. Please. My overall point is those states that have been run for decades, those cities run for decades by liberal Democrats. They are the cities that have failed on the basic fundamental uh, issues that are needed to bring out the talent that God gave our national treasure, our children. And that is their biggest failure. And they've institutionalized mediocrity and failure in schools. You know, this this dismantle, defund, no bail laws. That's not making anybody do, safe but, and secure. But Sean, do you really believe that today's crop? I'm, t- I'm not talking. Listen, I'm not talking about conservatism versus liberalism. I'm talking about the personnel, the bodies that you see on Capitol Hill, the way these what folks about- conduct themselves. So I- I'm talking about it on both sides. Do you really, really see things changing 
for the better, the collective whole, because I see the world being as divisive, more divisive than it, it has been in my lifetime. I'm not going to say ever because I imagine I'm not going to insult my ancestors that by saying that. But in my 54 years on this earth, I don't recall it it's ever never seen been this bad. bad. It's never been no, this bad. No, it's bad. You're, I don't like it. I don't want it. But at the end of the day, you have such a schism. Into, look, how, how do you argue with somebody that is fighting to defund dismantle police departments and implement no bail laws. You know, where's the middle ground there? Because I don't see middle ground. I think we need better training for cops. I think we need more cops. I think we need checks and balances to weed out bad apples that are, are in power like that. Um, I was, I was the loudest and most outspoken voice when George Floyd happened, I did it before anybody else. And I used my, you know, I, I'm into martial arts. Right. I said that it was obvious to me and I never rushed to judgment. You cannot put your, your knee on somebody's neck and pound it into pavement for nine minutes and not kill that guy. I know that you and I and were on the phone. The, you and I were on the phone about it that night. I, I remember was so angry about it. Yeah. And then, and then look at the aftermath because of one bad cop and other cops that were too weak right. to say, what the hell are you doing? But you say, but you asked the question, you know? Sean, where do you find the middle ground? Well, here's my answer. Some would say, yeah. or Sean Hannity, you've got the bully pulpit. You've got the audience. Millions watch you every night on television. Millions listen to you every afternoon on radio. Now that Rush Limbaugh has Rush Limbaugh has passed, you're the most, without question, the most power to, powerful voice in all of conservatism, without question. Some would say I don't, I don't, I don't ever think about that. I stuff. understand that, but, I some, don't, but I'm not. Some, I don't, you're very kind in your words, but I don't, I don't think that. All way, right, all right, that's, that's fair. But some would say bridging the gap and bringing us closer to a compromise. Sean Hannity could help what's in that regard. What, what's the compromise you want? Like, for example, I think we should be energy, not only independent, but energy dominant so that we can supply Western Europe all their energy needs. Because this winter, there are predictions that people are going to freeze to death in Europe because Vladimir Putin, hostile actor, Russia, hostile regime, shut off the spigot. And they allowed themselves to give into their climate alarmist cultists there. And they they became dependent on Russian energy. I think we should fill that void and we should be the most energy dominant country on earth. Now, tell me, tell me, how do I reconcile that with people that are demanding uh, that we get electric cars that cost 22 grand more that require the mining of Mother Earth to get nickel and cobalt and manganese and they use big, heavy equipment run on diesel to get it and then to charge your electric battery? You got to plug it into an electric grid, 90% of which is run by fossil I, I got, fuel. I got an answer to you your question. Explain to me. I got an answer to your question. Uh, by, coming up with okay. by coming up with policy that sort of meets them halfway and galvanizing the people to force the politicians to capitulate to some degree, to say, okay, this is reasonable. Let's be reasonable. Because we know we're not okay. going to get anywhere if everybody has to get I've everything they want. I got a compromise offer for you. I got a compromise. Okay. Okay, the lifeblood of the world's economy is, is fossil fuels, oil, gas, coal, right now. Now, I'm an all-of-the-above guy. If, if anybody can perfect 
cleaner, cheaper energy for everybody, I'm all in. Go do it. But in the interim, don't rely on nations that hate us, like Iran and Venezuela and many OPEC nations, for the lifeblood of our economy and ignore domestic production that's good for national security, high-paying career job creation, and for the ability to bring world stability to places like Europe. I mean, uh, now, while we're, while we're working our asses off to get that clean, renewable energy perfected, and they're not there yet. They're decades away. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. They're trying to force this on us, and we don't have the replacement that they're talking about. So in the meantime, we're going to pay $5 a gallon gasoline or you know, twice what we were paying under Donald Trump. The two-thirds of this country, because of Joe Biden's policies, his inflation, economic policies, energy policies, I've been there. It sucks. They're living paycheck to paycheck, Stephen A. Mm. I don't want people living paycheck to paycheck. I remember those days. It's not fun. It sucks. And I want every American to prosper. We have these natural resources. If we became energy dominant, we could supply the world's uh, energy needs and then come up with a solution. Now, the day they come up with a better answer, count me in. I'm in. I want to you give me cheaper energy. I'm in. Fair enough. But before I let you get on out of here. Being on this podcast with me, Sean Hannity, I'm going to bring up something. You know what? You remember, you, you, you brought this up. You talked about yep. Trump's policies and how you felt it worked for America. We also, mm-hmm. saw, we also saw division like we'd never seen it, riots in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. If this man runs for the presidency again, you talked about compromise. You know there's no compromise with that man. Well, let me ask you. You this. know that it'll be it'll be as divided as it's ever what, been. What did you What did you think of Joe Biden's speech about MAGA Republicans in half the country? I didn't like Philly? it. I didn't like what it. I, th- I didn't like it. I thought it was ill advised for him to make that kind of speech because I thought that absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I ain't I ain't going with that oh. song and dance. I, I'm not I'm not falling along with the rest well, of the crowd. Wait, when you just to say, hell no, he should not have me. done that. And when we all as a country were watching counterproductive. the riots, 574 riots in the summer of 2020, thousands of cops being pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, when police precincts were being burned I will never, to the ground. I will never support something like that. Dozens of Americans died, billions in property damage, and the average elected Democrat either said nothing or B, lied to us and told us, like the media, that it was mostly peaceful. You have reports on CNN, literally a city burning in the background. These have been mostly peaceful protests tonight. It's a lie. And where's the committee, the commission, to prevent that from ever happening again? That can't happen 574 times in this country in one summer. That's not good for anybody. And, you know, uh, a vice president or then at that time, a candidate tweeting out a bail fund after the police precinct in Minnesota was burnt to the ground uh, was not good. Right. Kamala Harris praising the LAPD for right. defunding the police there. That's not good. Sean, my last- I'm all in favor. My- you, know, you know, I train mixed martial that's arts. That's right. That's right. Train these guys better. Yeah. You got to listen. Listen, 
you got a brown belt in three different martial arts. You know, I I'm, I, I'm, I work and, and I work hard at it. I got you. Last question to you. Based on everything that you just said, everything that you feel, midterm elections coming up. This country is clearly as divided as I've ever seen it. Like I told you in my lifetime, what role does Sean Hannity hope to play? Moving forward. Great question. All the things that we've discussed that I believe strongly in, I want candidates that are going to go to that swamp, that sewer known as Washington, D.C., and I want them to keep those promises because if we implement them, the American people will benefit. The things that I hold dear to my heart. And I will tell you, you know, the, in the next week or so, probably a week from today, actually, uh, I believe Kevin McCarthy, he's coming out with what he calls a commitment to America. Now, I've been in this business so long. I was the MC the night that Newt Gingrich became Speaker of the House in 1994. And at that time, Republicans had not been in the leadership in the House for 40 long years. Mm. And he did it by writing down on paper what they would do if they were given a chance to be the leadership and they won. Now these Republicans that are all going to sign it, all these house members, and I bet a lot of Senate candidates as well. If if they implement those policies, I believe they will be good for America. And it touches on every issue that you and I brought up earlier in the program that proved to me that deep in your heart and your soul, you're as conservative as I am. There you go. You always starting something, man. Man, it's good to talk to you, though. I got to admit Wait, it. Can I just say then, a couple of things about you for one second? Because re, re, I, re, we haven't gotten real quick. Part. We got two minutes. Go ahead. Take it away. Okay. First of all, I'm honored that you're my friend. You know, you're you're gonna get you're gonna take a lot of shit over this interview. <laughs> you are you're, you're gonna you're gonna hear about this yes, again and again. Yes, and, I am. And I I can name I can name people that are gonna give you a hard time about it. That's number one. But number number two, we what I love about the friendship that we've developed is we laugh, we kid each other, we call each other out, we we support each other, um, and becoming your friend has been an incredible honor for me. And I am so proud of all of your success for you. I am so happy. I know how hard you have worked and how hard you work every day and how passionate you are about what you do. And that to me is, is the greatest example for anybody. God gave both of us some talent. It's called having a big mouth. God gave us a talent, but you have perfected yours and every time I see you, hear you, I am, I, I'm, I'm so happy for your success. I worry about you sometimes. You know that. Yes, I'll all the time. All too. the time. All the time. You More do. than you want. But, <laughs> you know, but we really have developed a respect and a friendship that, um, that it means a lot to well, me. Well, without question, it means, a lot to, it means a lot to me as well. You know how I feel about you. And listen, our politics are not the same. And we, I fun like we, better we, than me. That's right. We argue uh, our politics are not the same. We argue about it all the time. But I know you mean what you say. And, and I, know it comes from, I know it comes from an authentic place. I can't knock you for it. And, and shockingly, what the world would be shocked by is that you actually listen to me about 2% of the time. You actually do. 
I mean, you really, really do. So I'll give you a lot of credit for that, my man. I got to get on that. Listen, yeah, go ahead. Whenever I go on, whenever I talk sports on my radio show, you're like, stop. Stop. You don't know anything. Stop. That's right. Stop right there. You 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 tell me that all the time. I tell you that all the time. Stay in your lane. That's right. That's right. (laughs) This is not my lane. All right, my friend. I'm learning. I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for being a part of this. God bless you always. God bless my friend. Later. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? That was an experience, to say the least. If you know anything about Sean Hannity, it's no shutting that man up. He's not gonna gonna stop. When I reached out to have him on the show, I called him and then his producer, Linda, who I know very, very well, and I've known for many years. Linda said to me, why are you doing this to yourself? You you do understand you'll be pushing it to get four questions in in an hour. As much as he talks, do you not know that? But I did it anyway. And I did it anyway for various reasons. Number one, I think it's important in this day and age to show that from a political perspective, you don't agree with somebody, but you can still converse. You can still have conversations. You can still get along. Barack Obama said it best. You can agree without being disagreeable. And that's the code that I try to live by. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a black man that was raised in a black neighborhood in Hollis, Queens, New York City by two black parents. My grandmother was white. I loved my grandmother daily. There's nobody on the planet that loved me more than my grandma. My grandma, my white grandmother herself told me to beware of racist, to beware of people who had no interest of the black community in their mind at all or in their hearts. If I thought for one second that was Sean Hannity, he wouldn't have been on this show. That's just the way that I roll. We argue all the time. We go back and forth all the time because I don't agree with his approach to a lot of different things. He's about free market capitalism and securing our borders and strong national security and, 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 and peace through strength and all the things that he said. But there's a lot that gets left out in that equation. He has his beliefs. I have mine. But I watch politicians who don't agree with one another. And they get together behind closed doors and they're laughing and drinking together and having a blast. But they pit us against one another, hoping to be divisive and truculent. And causing acrimony and friction to a point that's irreparable so they can position themselves to build their constituency. And the suckers and the pawns and all of it is us. I talked to Sean Hannity. I talked to Mark Levin. I talked to my man, the Black Eagle. Joe Madison, who is not a Republican, has a great show on Urban View Radio, Sirius XM Channel 126 every weekday morning, morning drive, 6 to 10 a.m. Karen Hunter is my sister. We go back 30 years. 
the Mark Lamont Hills, the Dr. Eric Dysons, the Don Lemons and others. I know liberals all over the place. Ladies and gentlemen, I watch Fox News every night. I also watch CNN every night. I also watch MSNBC when I can. I like to watch Brett Baird just as much as I like to watch Wolf Blitzer. I like to watch Don Lemon just as much as I like to watch Jesse Waters, who I think has a good show. Uh, Tucker Carlson is not my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I just can't. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to elaborate. I just can't. I can't. But I have known Sean Hannity for years. Sean Hannity has picked up the phone and called me. When I've had dicey situations or dire times in my life or whatever, and he found out about it, he's always been there to lend his support. Knowing I don't agree with him and knowing he doesn't agree with me. How in the hell can we ever expect the world to become a better place if we're not willing to communicate with each other, be civil with one another, and simply go back and forth debating our points of views, seeing what inroads we could make with one another to assist in making the world a better place? I got news for you. We can't. And one of the things that I'm not going to let people do is just because he was on this show, you're going to come at me like, oh, my God, why would you even talk to him? You know what? I see people conducting big business in the world of politics, communicating with each other all the time. I see people in corporate America who are polar opposites handling business and conversing with one another all the time. I cover professional sports and I listen to professional athletes talk all the time. About being real and true and authentic and all of this other stuff. Who they doing business with? I see cats sitting up there talking about being real. It's more and more important. But you know what? Draft nights, they suited down. And they got their agents with them. And they got marketing and PR reps with them. And they got companies, advertisers, and sponsors with them. I don't see no black faces around. It's amazing how people tell you to do something. But then they go and they do their own thing. They're doing what they can to get paid, but they ain't enlightening us to do the same. That's not going to happen on no mercy. I'm going to do my best to give you an indication of what actually transpires in the real world. How you can be polar opposites, but you can have common goals. Ted Cruz just fostered a bipartisan deal to address tech companies in this country across the aisle with Democrats. Even though they don't do much together, that was one thing they got done together. It happens all the time in the world of business, in the world of corporate America. I'm supposed to hide that from y'all? No. You know why I'm not going to hide it from y'all? Because I want y'all to get paid too. I want y'all to be successful too. I want y'all to flourish and prosper as well. I don't want to preach one thing in front of you, acting like I'm gung-ho. Rah, 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 rah. Fight, fight, fight. Not that I'm saying not to. But I'm not going to encourage you to do it unwisely and send you down a dark path. Knowing you got no way to come up from that. But I'm good. No, I'm going to show you why I'm good. And how you could be good too. This is the Stephen A. Smith you're listening to. Everything ain't ideal. Everything ain't perfect. Everything ain't paved ideally for all of us just to get what we want, how we want, when we want to get it by whomever we choose while we got our hand out. No. 
you got to adjust. You got to modify. Sometimes you got to capitulate in order to get to the end game and the end goal. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to pull it off of myself in my career. I'm here to help my brothers and my sisters and everybody in between that I can to do the same. That's what No Mercy is all about. And that's as real as it gets. As always, I thank y'all for listening. I'm incredibly grateful for your time, your passion and your energy. And I hope you'll continue to listen to this podcast. Sean Hannity one day, Chris Cuomo the next. And everything else in between. I'm listening to everybody. I might pass judgment on what people do, but not who they are. I leave that to others. Because that's what No Mercy is all about. Yeah, I'm a sports dude. But as I tell you before signing off from every podcast, you don't have to know sports to know mercy. Stephen A. Smith in the house. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. This is just one of many more to come in the days, the weeks, and the months to follow. Follow me, and I'll follow you, and we'll rise together. Nobody will make us fall. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.